Welcome to Winning Slowly, taking the long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art. I'm Stephen Caradini. And I'm Chris Kreitschow. And today, we're going to talk about Apple, and Stephen's not going to be grumpy about it. Yes, shocking news, I know, listeners. It's true. But it's, it's true. because we're going to talk about not the normal Apple things. Today, we're going to talk about how, in the last seven years... Apple has completely, and lots of other companies following their example, but we'll talk about Apple because they've been at the forefront and the most consistent in it, has changed the camera industry and how people take pictures. We'll put a link in the show notes. There was a really fascinating piece in Wired shortly after, or perhaps it was The Verge. Either way, it'll be in the show notes shortly after the iPhone 6 came out that compared the output from the original iPhone camera all the way up through the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus cameras. And of course, the change was astounding. I mean, the amount of change that has happened in camera technology over the last seven years. Decade. Yeah, it's pretty astounding. And all along the way, Apple has been a consistent driver for quality cameras. There have been other smartphone manufacturers that have done it and at times have leapfrogged Apple. The Nokia Lumia phones along the way were a great example of that. But no one has consistently pushed the bar as much as Apple has. So we thought we would take some time and talk about what Apple has done and how that has changed things and what kinds of things we might learn from those changes. In other words, we're going to talk about somebody who won slowly. <laughs> it's a fitting end of the season. We won't be complaining about anything. We'll just be celebrating. As Stephen noted, this is indeed the last episode of Winning Slowly Season 1. We'll have some particular thoughts on that and ways we can follow up with you, our audience, at the end. But first, Apple phones and cameras and cool things. Right. So I don't have an iPhone and I never have. As we've established before, the only Apple technology I've ever had has been an iPod. But I respect in great, great amount the Apple phone for its camera because I have an Android and the camera's nice. It's just as good as other phones in terms of like taking a picture and getting the job done. But if you look at an iPhone picture, you're like, that that's a that's a nice picture. <laughs> that is that is just something that is incredibly good. You know, it doesn't even take a lot of expertise to take a really good picture, which is partially why I stopped doing darkroom photography a couple of years ago is because it was no longer valuable to me that I could make really nice looking pictures because everybody could. <laughs> Right. The uh, the camera industry in general has gone through a revolution that way. Yeah. And so because I don't have a darkroom at my disposal right now and because just lots of reasons, I've stopped taking a lot of pictures. But I appreciate people taking pictures with iPhones because the quality of picture in the world has gone up. Now, only slightly because the quality of bad selfies has gone down. <laughs> But <laughs> that is a true thing. In, in general, the quality of picture taking in the world has gone up, which is nice. And so this wouldn't happen in the same degree if iPhone and Apple hadn't been so consistently dedicated to making a part of this phone, which went from being a small part to being a very large mm -hmm. part of this phone really good on a consistent basis and that's worth celebrating yeah one of the things i see pretty consistently in reviews of the the iphones is that every year it's the best camera you can get 
And again, there were there were a couple of years where there were other phones with cameras that outperformed it in some ways, those Nokia phones being the real standouts. But by the time the next year rolled around, Apple was caught up. And along the way, also Nokia stopped selling those phones. So one of the things that's been valuable is that consistency. It's not just been that they put out a really great camera at one point. It's that every single year they've made the camera better and better yeah. and better. And they've made the software that goes with it better and better so much so that when my wife who was otherwise very happy with her or at least fairly content with her android phone would look at my iphone the one thing she really really wanted from it was the camera <laughs> yep and it's it's interesting that part of what makes apple able to do this is that they do have giant market share and so they mm -hmm. can ensure that their cameras will continue to exist in the phones that will continue to exist because they have the ability to keep doing this so there's definitely some you know giant capitalism in in charge of part of this decision making process but there's also a very human idea to say we're just going to keep doing this mm -hmm. over and over it's going to keep being valuable to us even if it isn't valuable to anybody else, which, you know, at the beginning of iPhone and camera phone technology, it was kind of a novelty, so much so that, you know, camera phone was a word that we would use <laughs> just to be like, yeah. whoa, it's a camera, whoa, it's a phone. But it wasn't really a professional level sort of backup camera, which in some cases it now is. Yeah, there was an amazing series of pictures that I know was on the verge of incredible yep. professional photography done just with iPhones. And, yeah. and of course, one of the things that highlights is that a really good photographer can do amazing things with any camera. Right. But this is a really good camera. Right. So one, one of the things we see there is that Apple didn't just say, we're going to do this camera thing. Okay, we're kind of bored with that. And a lot of other companies, insofar as they have paid attention to the camera, it's been very clear that it has been a point of interest for them only insofar as it is a competitive point. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that the most popular camera in the world, per Flickr at least, is the iPhone by a substantial amount. And when you start going down through the top models, it's multiple models of iPhone in a row before you start hitting other things. The reason is because they have made it, as Stephen said at the beginning, easy to take pretty good pictures. They've, mm -hmm. they've done all the hard work of making this camera take pretty good pictures in uh, really good pictures in good light and pretty decent pictures in bad light. And that's hard to do. Photography mm -hmm. is hard. And I think, yep. I think it's easy to overlook this in terms of uh, there are a lot of shinier things about the iPhone in a lot of ways. You know, the the big features they hype every year include the camera, but it's just one of a long list and the marketing and everything puts some focus on it. But in a lot of ways, it's one of the most competently executed pieces of the iPhone, which says something because the iPhone is a well-executed piece of technology. Other than antennas. <laughs> <laughs> there was that whole thing but uh never forget never forget <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the the way that they have basically just said hey we're going to do this well over the long term and kept working on it has let them get to a point slowly that no one could have seen seven years ago mm -hmm. the fact that the iphone would be the most popular camera in the world that you would have some professionals who say you know i'm going to take this shot with my iphone instead of my digital slr that's around my neck right now mm -hmm. that's astounding and they've gotten there basically by doing all the winning slowly things they've said 
we're going to keep at this. We're going to keep doing it year after year. We're not going to worry particularly about any blips along the way. We're just going to be steadfast. And that kind of steadfast... We're not going to worry about the... We're not going to worry about the competition. We're not going to worry about whether or not people are excited about this feature. We're not going to worry about how much it costs to redesign this feature. We're not going to worry about the amount of time that we have to dedicate to developers so that they can integrate these technologies with things like mm -hmm. Flickr easily. We're not going to worry about the amount of money it's going to take for people to do that work when, again, it might not be the most profit-making thing. They just said, this is the thing we like, this is the thing we think is valuable, and we're going to do this for the sake of it. The thing that has struck both of our attention with it, you know, it we could just sit here and gush about how good the camera is. But instead of doing that, I, th I think it's more interesting to note that what they have done so effectively here is not something that is unique to Apple or at least not in principle. Unfortunately, it largely has been in the phone industry, but there's no particular reason why Apple should be the only one doing this. And outside mm -hmm. of this industry, there's certainly no particular reason why Apple should be anything but a good example, whether it's, right. <laughs> in our case, podcasting or building other kinds of technology or developing an audience for your blog or your band or whatever else. That kind of consistency of I'm just going mm -hmm. to keep doing this thing well and trust that it'll pay off. Mm -hmm. Well, that's in some sense what we're all about here. And in particular, right. you know, Stephen said a few weeks ago that our motto could essentially be good work takes time or doing things well takes time or something to that effect. And I think that's right. I think when we look at anything like this, Apple couldn't have put out the camera that's in the iPhone 6 today, seven years ago. They couldn't even have done it two years ago because they probably would have done it two years ago if they could. The only way you get this kind of traction on things is by doing that steady effort and by continuing to say every year, no, this is still a priority. We're still going to do it well. And again, like we said earlier, part of the reason that they have the funds to do this is, you know, massive capitalism back. <laughs> they have stacks of cash lying around that they can just use for whatever they want. And so this is in some ways a particular case. But in other ways, it's not. It is a group of people deciding to do something that's valuable to them over the long term, right. whether or not it pays off. And so that's where it relates to things like, you know, the collection who are currently or maybe finishing up a tour with the Oh Hellos on the West Coast and selling out venues or people who are, you know, making art in galleries or any of the topics that we've talked about so far this season. There are ways that people have to monetize and they have to be business savvy and they have to think forwardly and progressively about how to keep that money coming in. And so we're not minimizing that at all. But on the other hand, just keeping on keeping on is one of the things that mm -hmm. will end up with good work in whatever field it is. And sometimes keeping on keeping on is you know, taking a break from making the actual thing and raising the money for it or taking a small sabbatical to be restful so that you can come back to the thing with energy and new ideas. I'm not saying that we should be nose to the grindstone every minute of every day. <laughs> Quite the contrary. Quite we the talked contrary. about that too. <laughs> yeah, we are not about that. But we are about sustained effort, long-term plans, and continued motion in a particular direction. 
And that's really what will result in good things. Trend chasing doesn't work that often. It works for some people, not going to lie. But in general, it's people who say, this is my thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out who wants it. And I'm going to keep doing it until a sufficiently large amount of people want it. And I think to your point about trend chasing, it does tend to work sometimes, but it tends to work sometimes for a little while. Yes. And and then you're, you're out of steam or you have to go find another trend to chase. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're going to set the pace in something, you really do have to just grab that vision and run with it. And I think also the flip side of your very fair and accurate point about Apple being able to do this because they have such deep reserves is that in part, they have such deep reserves precisely because this is the strategy they have right. pursued. Right. They haven't been the chaser. They've just said, you know, even if nobody else is interested in putting out a good camera, we're going to keep putting out a good camera. Right. And because that becomes a point of reliability and dependability for their audience, their customers, that becomes a selling point. That becomes right. a reason to buy an iPhone instead. And again, there's no reason someone else couldn't do this. If HTC or Samsung or Motorola starts putting out consistently excellent cameras with really good software mm -hmm. and they sustain that for a couple of years, that's mm -hmm. going to become a value point for them. Right. And the same thing is true across a wide variety of domains. If we continue to produce really good quality content, our audience, however large or small, is going to respond favorably to that. Yeah. And that's something that's not any different for artistic endeavors, technological endeavor, endeavors, religious endeavors, ethical endeavors. All four of those categories can be painted with that same brush to say, if you do good work well over a long period of time, and if you are forward thinking to try to meet that work with an audience, which is a critical part. Mm hmm. You can do good work well for a long time and not seek out an audience and be doing it on your own forever. <laughs> we, we are aware that there is some promotional work that has to be done here. But in, in general, doing good work to me also means doing that promotional work. So I'm going to lump it in and go back to my pithy statement here. Doing good work for a long time means that people are going to find it and that they're going to appreciate it because it's good work. And that's something that you can't fake and that you can't, you know, conjure <laughs> right. up out of nothing and you can't just jump into the sphere and do it. And that's it. Good work takes time. And that's why, you know, we had a season zero, which is I'm not going to say regrettable, but uh, no, it, we do, definitely don't regret doing it because, well, <laughs> we learned an awful lot. <laughs> we learned an awful lot, but it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. That's a good word. Rough. And purposefully so. We were trying to figure this out. And it, this isn't a medium where you can figure it out by doing it and not publishing it, right. in my opinion, in our opinion. Right. It was the good feedback so, we got from people that helped us say, oh, yeah, that's true. Let's do that instead. Yeah. And so we're really thankful to all the listeners who we've had over this past calendar year who have been giving us lots of feedback and continue to give us good feedback, both technical and uh, content wise on how we should continue going forward. Um, so I think it's at this point that we can move into uh, a little bit of the, the wrap up of the season conversation, unless you have other thoughts about that iPhone. I just had one further thought kind of on that broad, broad subject you were getting at, which is that I think you're right that really good work will eventually be recognized. I think the only qualifier I would add is that sometimes it takes a really, really long time. In particular, I'm thinking of a couple of musicians who 
you know, classical musicians, Bach being one of the most famous, who were kind of, you know, the people thought they were okay in their day and now are recognized to be some of the greatest musicians of all time. Sometimes yeah. sometimes that kind of long dead and Bach was a workmanlike musician. He just sat down and worked every day and wrote yeah. heaps and gobs of music in so doing. Yeah. He wasn't Mozart for sure. No, he w- he was not this genius that flared out early. He was a guy who sat down and wrote a new setting for his church every week because that's what he was hired to do and he did it and he did it really really well and it took Mm -hmm. years after his death before people realized the extent of his genius realized that he had perfected the fugue never never equaled and certainly never excelled in his skill in some of these things and so being willing to take the really long-term view and say i'm going to keep doing really good work even if it you know, doesn't earn me accolades because doing good work is worth doing, period. And that, you know, that's going a bit further, I think, than Apple's iPhone would, because I think if everyone stopped using the camera entirely, Apple would probably stop selling the camera eventually. There are some things Yeah, exactly. Uh, There are some things that are worth saying, yeah, if there's no audience for this, eventually, maybe you say that's a that's a fine thing and you move on. But there are some things that are worth saying, we're going to do this and keep doing it well because it is a drive and a passion of ours, no matter what. And, yeah. you know, discerning between those is is a hard thing, but yeah, that's also a thing worth doing as you're thinking about your art or your technology development or all of those things. Is this a thing I'm willing to do even if no one ever pays me for it, even if no one ever recognizes yeah. it because it's valuable? Yeah, and I think that the internet makes the problems of never finding an audience a little bit less tenable over the 30 to 50 year range than, you know, perhaps Bach had to go through (laughs) or Van Van Gogh had to go through or, you know, these artists that we now revere who we just didn't have the time of day for when they were alive. So there's definitely an aspect where that's completely true. And I agree in 100%. But I also think that in our privileged era of communication transfer, we can get art, even art that isn't sustained over a long period Mm -hmm. of time to a significant niche audience anywhere in the world that's aggregated only by the fact that they are interested in this particular niche topic. There still will be unheralded geniuses working away in bedrooms, not publishing to a large audience. But I think that given the way that the internet works, there will be fewer of those. Yeah, that's probably true. But that doesn't mean that your point is any less true about there will be some who are just visionaries and people don't get it yet. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the trick there and the qualifier I'd put on it is if people don't get it, it's possible you're not a visionary. <laughs> it's true. It's possible that you're just wrong. And that's um, and that's the toughest thing, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, the really toughest is. thing is when you believe in something and no one else does yet and you don't know whether you should keep on or whether you're just doing it wrong. (laughs) That's right. And so that is the eternal question of art, right? Who who is the the valuer of this? Who puts the valuation on it? Is it good because I value it and because I made it and because it is intrinsically valuable and artistic or extrinsically Mm -hmm. valuable and artistic? And I don't know. Art galleries would say intrinsic. The market would say extrinsic. And the reality falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah. On which note, well, 
Dear listeners, we would love to hear some back from you over the next couple months about the value, extrinsic, intrinsic, or otherwise, of winning slowly. We've got a number of things on which we'd like to solicit feedback, and you can mm -hmm. email us at contact at winningslowly.org or hit us up on any of our various social media. We keep a pretty close eye on those. But, yep. you know, as we're coming here to the end of this first season, we thought it would be useful to say, hey, here are some things we know. Here are some things we're planning to work on. Here yeah. are some things we're thinking about and we don't have figured out yet, but we would like your feedback. So things we know. One, Steven's audio, we know. <laughs> it, it fluctuates for no apparent reason. We don't even change the settings. Like, it's something wrong with my computer. We're going to figure it out. We're, we're going af after late November, late mid-December, somewhere in there, we're going to sit down for an hour or two or however long it takes. Right. And we're going to get that sorted out. <laughs> right. Yeah. But one of the reasons we're taking a break, sent him all your congratulatory emails and things like that at Stephen at Winning Slowly or S. Caradini on all the social medias, is because Stephen's getting married next week. Yay! If he sounded a little tired at the start of this episode, well, now you know why. He's planning yeah. a wedding. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he, so that's He told exciting. me that he actually double-booked our recording session this morning. So. At 8 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> I double, double booked books 8 a.m. on a Saturday? <laughs> People who have a, a week left until their wedding. That's who. <laughs> and a Ph.D. student. Said. And a Ph.D. student, yeah. Yeah. So, but, so we know that uh, my sound is a little off. We want to fix that. But we have been getting continuous feedback about content, and we've been getting ideas pushed to us, and we've really appreciated those. Mm -hmm. um, we would like to incorporate more of those. We definitely get to points during the seasons where we fall back on ideas that we've been holding for a long time. Yeah. And so we would like to do that less. Not that we don't love doing those episodes, and you can probably go back and find them if you want to do detective work. But <laughs> we, we like... an article from a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But not that those aren't valuable things that cause valuable discussion and are usually still current and modern and interesting in terms of the concepts. But if you find an interesting article, wherever it be on the internet, please send it to us. Mm -hmm. We have limited scope of what we read just because we're human. So there's plenty of amazing websites out there that publish amazing work that's interesting and thought provoking that we just don't know about. So please feel free to send us anything interesting that relates to technology, religion, ethics, and art. Indeed. And as you have by now learned that means basically anything that happens in the world because <laughs> most of yeah. those things fit into it we're yeah. also looking at making some slight format tweaks next season we're hoping to have guests on the show from time to time and we're also going to try to change up our our outro a bit and connect it you know add in a little flavor from current events or other big things happening in the world we think you should know about we'd love mm -hmm. to hear your thoughts on what you would like to see in that regard, because mm -hmm. we're still figuring it out. Right. One of the things that prompted that idea is that there are plenty of things in the world that we care about mm -hmm. that we just never get around to talking about for various reasons. Like we haven't talked about Gamergate. We haven't talked about ISIS. We haven't talked about many different things. Some because they don't fit with winning slowly in ways that we can relate to. Some of them because we just don't want to dedicate a whole half hour to 
that for whatever reason, some because we just never find a good entry point to the conversation via a particularly thoughtful article, a lot of different reasons. But we would like to acknowledge that we didn't just forget that those things existed <laughs> yeah. or not know that this is going on in the world. So we're thinking about doing something very short just to acknowledge and encourage people to think about these things. Mm. And, so, and again, we would love your thoughts on what that can look like. So yeah. Yeah. One other thing yeah. we were thinking about, we kind of want winning slowly t-shirts and or blankets because, well, we record with blankets over our head every week so that we get good sound muffling because neither of us exactly have great recording environments. Mm -hmm. But we're curious, is there an audience for winning slowly t-shirts? Some podcasts do t-shirts. Would you like t-shirts? Tell us, dear audience, if you would like T-shirts. If you That's think T-shirts are a ridiculous idea and we should shut up for even mentioning them, you can tell us that too. We won't be offended. That's true. Yeah. We're totally just working this out as we go. So, <laughs> Season one may not have been beta. It was a full release season, unlike season zero, but we're definitely still working this out as we go. Yeah. Definitely, definitely still a little bit more on the Assassin's Creed Unity side of things. <laughs> For those, of you not in the, for those of you not in the know, it got released with lots of bugs, and the publisher is now all scrambling to fix it because it's bad. Yeah, and they they did something really stupid about that, which we don't have time to talk about. So go look up embargoes, people. Go look up the Assassin's Creed Unity embargoes and mock them. Yep. All right. This has been episode 1.18 yep. of Winning Slowly. All of our content is available under a Creative Commons Attribution License. So if you want, you can chop it up, put it in a stew, and feed it to a bird. I'm not really sure how you would do that, but you can do it if you want, as long as you tell the bird that you got it from us. <laughs> uh, the song at the beginning is from uh, Speak Memory, which is not our band. So don't use their music without asking them nicely, like we did. And the music at the end is by me. I'm totally going to lay down a dance groove under it sometime next episode. Wow. <laughs> well, we had audience request after I joked about it, so it's going to happen eventually. Sweet. Until next time, sometime in January, after Stephen gets married and finishes this semester, and Woo! I finish this semester and lots of work things I'm doing, we'll Woo! be back with season two of Winning Slowly. So until then, I have been Chris Kreitcho. And I am and will be Stephen Caradini. Thanks for listening. And last but not least, there was something else, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> that's that's winning slowly, y'all. <laughs> Just kidding.